Today we begin the season of Lent. Miss Joanne did a wonderful job explaining to us kind of the basics of, of the season. We're going to dive a little deeper into that today and, and throughout these, these next 40 days, not counting Sundays, leading to Easter. Uh, and to do this, we're using a series from a sanctified art um, that's called, um, or a series and resource for worship that's called Seeking, where uh, we, we try together to be seekers on, on our journey to Jerusalem to seek to grow more and more in our relationship with God and one another. What I love about this series is that each week is, is kind of modeled around a question, a question that can help us dig deeper uh, and seek uh, to, to grow deeper in our faith and, and relationship with God and each other. We begin this week in our series with the question, who will you listen to? And to uh, wrestle with this question, we will journey again with Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. Friends, I invite you to listen now with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the fourth chapter of Matthew's gospel, beginning with the first verse. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, and he said to him, All these I will give to you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As many of you know, um, this summer I will be on sabbatical a season of rest and renewal for, for pastors and my family and I are planning some wonderful trips for this, this season together. A highlight of, of these trips will be our um, trip to California and in particular a highlight of that trip will be our visit to Yosemite National Park, uh, a crown jewel of the, of the National Parks program and something that's been on our bucket list for for quite some time, so we're really excited about that. We're excited to see um, the Half Dome and El Capitan and uh, all the major waterfalls and hikes, and I mean, we'll have kids with us, so we won't do anything too strenuous, but we look forward to seeing the sights and wildlife and being out in God's good creation together. It'll be our time in the wild, our time in the wilderness. That's pretty par for the course on how we think about the wilderness today, right? To get away from it all, to see some, uh, be in, in God's good creation, beautiful nature, scenery, wildlife, and such. That is not at all the, the understanding of wilderness in the Bible. 
when we hear that Jesus goes into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. It's a very different understanding. The word in, in Greek, there's eremus, which is the word for desert. Um, in, in, um, in Hebrew, in the Old Testament, the word they use is midbar. Um, and this uh, wilderness is kind of a desolate, empty place in an arid desert climate. It was not a place to get away from at all. It was a place to simply get through, to survive, because that wasn't really a given. Um, the, the desert was not a safe place by any means. It was, it was a place where um, you believe, it, was, it was widely believed you could be um, attacked by wildlife or marauders or um, also possibly even tempted by evil itself. That's exactly where we meet Jesus in the Bible today. He goes right from his baptism, right from his, the inauguration of his ministry, and he goes straight to the wilderness to fast for 40 days and 40 nights, and he's tempted by the devil, Matthew tells us. Now, like wilderness, the devil is another idea we need to wrap our minds around because our understanding of who the devil is today in, in modern culture is a lot more shaped by writers like Dante and Milton than it actually is by scripture. In Hebrew, the, the word that's used is ha-satan, which quite literally means the adversary. In the book of Job, ha-satan is actually part of God's divine counsel and was, was subject to God, answered to God. In Greek, the, the word Matthew uses in our text is diabolos, which means accuser or slanderer. The, the Greek quite literally translates to backbiter. So far from our understanding of this uh, red scaly creature with the tail and uh, trident or pitchfork, in the Bible, when you hear devil or accuser or tempter, it's not necessarily a being, but rather the personification of evil itself, of temptation itself. It's, um, it's a personification really of anything that stands opposed to God's reign and God's will of love, peace, and justice. So this is the, the thing or the, the personification or metaphor, you could even say, that, that confronts Jesus out in the wilderness. And what happens? We see three different temptations. The first one is a, is a pretty straightforward one of hunger, right? Um, Jesus has been fasting for these 40 days and nights, and you can imagine the guy is hungry. Um, the next one is about protection or testing God, whether or not God will protect him if he... Um, falls from, from a great building, whether or not God will, God's angels will pick him up and, and keep him safe. And the third and final one is about worship and loyalty. The tempter tells him, if you will fall down and worship me, all these kingdoms that you can see from this high mountain will be yours. These temptations aren't anything new when Matthew writes. In fact, they're really a way of summarizing all the temptations that Israel faced while they were wandering in the wilderness between um, leaving Pharaoh in Egypt and wandering 40 years in the wilderness, the Midbar, before reaching the Promised Land. 
And of course, as we keep reading, if you read Exodus, or you keep reading uh, through the Old Testament, you find that these are the temptations that Israel faced and fell short of. But all three of these temptations really boil down to one thing. Power. Power to become anything other than a child of God. Power to see yourself and in, 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 um, your community as not needing God. This is the very temptation that Adam and Eve face in our first reading. The very first temptation of humanity. Theologian Douglas John Hall says that all three of these temptations are really one and the same. The devil really has a one-track mind. And everything the tempter does, the tempter tries to get their victim to go for power. Power to believe that they have no need for God anymore. This is the temptation we all face as people. And just like Israel, just like Adam and Eve, when we face these temptations, we fall short, right? We'll change tracks here for a moment. Last summer, I had the great joy and honor of attending my, my, the wedding of my best friend from childhood. Um, when he called me to ask me about the wedding, I assumed he was asking me to officiate the wedding. I've, I've gotten pretty accustomed to that these days. He said, oh, yeah, 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 I want you to do the wedding. But more importantly, I want you to be a groomsman, too. I explained to him how, how doing both of these roles was possible, but a little challenging. And I said, you know, honestly, friend, um, these are two roles with somewhat conflicting interests. And he had a good laugh of that and said, you know, it'll be okay. It'll be like I have a gym on each shoulder. <laughs> I'll have groomsmen gym saying, hey, we can stay out a little longer. We can have another round. But then officiant gym will be right there saying, no, 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 guys, let's, let's play it safe. Let's get some good rest. We have a lot of important stuff this weekend. That's how we often think about temptation, right? That's how books and movies and... and um, uh, Popular culture tends to think of, of temptation. You've seen it in the sitcom, I'm sure, where somebody has an angel on one shoulder and, and the devil on the other. But in reality, temptation is so multi-layered. And it really boils down to all the voices around us. And as our prayer of confession said so beautifully, I wish I could say I wrote that, we have so many competing voices in our world, don't we? You can think of all the ads that you see on a daily basis, or um, uh, I, I think this is really prevalent on social media, all the, the different pictures where, where people kind of put their best foot forward, right, and share their, their best stuff, but not the stuff they're struggling with. I think these, these kinds of voices that we see can make us think that who we are and what we have are not enough. In addition, we have so many other voices, right? The voices from our own echo chambers and own biases, from whatever our favorite news channel is, to who our, our friends and community are. The voices we, we hear can boil down to something like the person who lives next door to us, whose campaign uh, sign on their lawn is different from our own. That person isn't our neighbor, but our enemy. All these voices uh, that, that we hear, that we're surrounded, that we're bombarded by in society 
have a tendency to break us down rather than build us up. These voices that we hear also have a tendency to tear us apart instead of bring us together. The question we face, friends, is which voice will we listen to? Or or voices, which voices can we listen to? Which voices can build us up? Which voices can bring us together? Thankfully, friends, that is exactly what Lent in this story is all about. Because in our story, what does Jesus do when he's confronted with each of these temptations? He responds to, to the tempter with scripture. It should be said that the tempter tries to tempt Jesus by using scripture inappropriately, right? But Jesus responds to each of these temptations, to hunger, to uh, protection, and to uh, worship and power. He responds to each of those with scripture. Each of those uh, responses he has is, is a verse from Deuteronomy, actually. He quite literally listens to God's word and responding. And the theophany of voices surrounding him while he's in the wilderness facing all these temptations from evil and temptation itself, he is able to hear God's voice and respond firmly using these words of Deuteronomy. It is this bold act of listening that utterly defeats the tempter, that utterly leaves temptation and evil itself useless. After the third one, when he says, away with you, Satan, worship the Lord your God alone and serve only him, it's almost as if the tempter just like, poof, disappears. And then the angels come and, and, and surround him in that moment. Jesus gives us a, a, a model then of how we can face all these voices in our world, how we can respond to temptation in our lives, what to do with all of these things. Jesus models for us how we can live in the midst of all these competing voices and try prayerfully, diligently to seek out the ones that build us up and bring us together and to cast away the voices that tear us down and tear us apart from one another. So friends, that's really what Lent is all about. It's a time to pause. It's a time to pray. It's a time to read scripture But mostly it's a time to listen, to listen carefully, intently. It's a time to evaluate and consider all the voices that you're surrounded by and discern for yourself which of these voices builds you up, which of these voices brings you closer to God and to one another. And let's a time to follow these voices and to cast out those voices that break us down and tear us apart. So friends, as we begin this holy season together, may we find ways to listen. May we find ways to build one another up. May we find ways to bring each other together in Christ, that we may grow in love and faithfulness and help one another listen. Amen.